This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, you are freshly back from Skookum, the music festival this weekend, this past weekend That's in right. Stanley Park. You yep. got uh, one single braid in your hair, and uh, it, lo- it looks to be like a glow stick potentially in your suit pocket. Yeah, what do they call those temporary tattoos? You got, yeah, you got a lower back henna tattoo, I think, is, is what I'm... <laughs> it's I actually mean. a full back. A full back, okay. I'm, I only <laughs> saw when, shirt, when you went over to fix the fridge there, I saw a little bit of a henna. Uh, yeah, tattoos, so. it hasn't really faded yet. I'm feeling pretty good about it still. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I was topless the entire weekend. It was raining, <laughs> but the tattoo really, really helped. I, I fit in. So Skookum. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners were at the festival this weekend. But three days, it rained the three entire days, time. Stanley Park, music, food, art. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was fantastic. There was some da- some real. I don't uh, know you as a. I should. Say, I'm going to cut you off. I, I don't know you as a festival goer. Yeah, I'm not. You're not. I'm not. So I have. I well, not for years. I have not been for years. This yeah. was my first festival in a long time, and things have changed. Uh, for mostly one, mostly your age. <laughs> for one, yeah, I get tired a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. I can't Three stand days is for too much yeah. time to be at a festival. <laughs> totally. Uh, also, it seems like bathrooms are not really an issue. Well, I heard anymore. the bathroom was a major issue at. Uh, it was Pump. actually, you know, not to harp on the bathroom situation. It was insane. It was like for every. 5,000 people there, they put one porta potty. Doesn't uh, make sense. It, uh, that seems like one of those basic um, things. Like, you're like, okay, uh, this there's got to be an easy formula to follow. Of to all be like, the rentals to cheap out on. Yeah. Well, and people were 
very angry, and uh, and there was some fairly gross situations uh, that I won't go into here that I was a witness to. We actually had friends of ours actually text us that they had left on the Saturday really early just because they were fed up with the bathrooms and uh, yeah, the it line, was raining, and you know they went and got like brunch, yeah, which is probably yeah. more age appropriate, maybe. <laughs> well, you want to talk about age appropriate? We have a, a colleague whose father was in town from outside of Canada, and uh, in inspiration, I mean. This guy goes to a lot of festivals, you can tell. Right. But picture this. I mean, this guy's, you know, pushing 70. Uh, he's a festival dancer, as my wife put it, which I think... <laughs> That's like the viral videos. The viral video of- dancer. Put it this way. People kept on going, coming up to us and asking what... They were asking where we got the drugs that he was on. <laughs> Like he's he's one of those he guys. He looks like he's floating through time and space, basically. Yeah, but an old guy singing along. I mean, yeah. it's he was a star of the show for sure, and it was uh, yeah an inspiration. It made me think that uh, you know maybe I shouldn't hang up my spurs. Your spurs. Yeah, it's an old timey saying. <laughs> so 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 what? So are you going to go back next year? Yeah, but maybe maybe I might just pick one day. I think, I think three yeah. days is uh, you know I'm still coming off of this uh you know nine hours in the rain thing but yeah, uh, no it was it was it was very good and the and the music was was very good i didn't know every band there but uh most of them were um you know didn't disappoint that's for sure. fantastic fantastic strong review strong review <laughs> solid three and a half out of five yeah um <laughs> but anyway adam who do we got on the show today matt today we have martin karch he is the senior vice president and portfolio manager at karch wealth management group can accord genuity this is a uh, a group of basically investment advisors that's wealth right. managers and these guys are actually they came on the program we, we've had a lot of people talk about reits yeah okay um so first of all uh, we wanted to have them on this is kind of the episode where if you're a real estate investor maybe you want to consider reits maybe you want to consider diversifying and there's some super interesting comments that he has about what's happened in that market in the past few years. Yeah, I mean, it's surprising uh, the types of returns that people have been getting on on REITs and how they're still apparently undervalued. And maybe we should just say, I mean, Martin goes into what real estate investment trusts or REITs are uh, better than we can here. But basically, it trades on the stock market. Right. And it's an investment vehicle to invest in real estate in a hands-off way. Totally. With a very diversified portfolio. You know, you benefit from the rental income. You don't benefit or you don't have to deal with the tenants, I should say. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the angle of the show today. Sure. And fine. And it doesn't mean that Martin doesn't invest in real estate. He's got real estate holdings as well. But He does. But, but an interesting thing comes out. Find out which market his, his REITs actually outperformed. Because that's interesting. Yeah, that is that is interesting. You're right. And just before we get to our interview with Martin, Matt, I just wanted to mention, I really appreciate people getting in touch for Langford Tower. This is the project that we were talking about. Very positive um, response. In Langford, Greater Victoria. Yeah, we've got, I think, 15 people that are are, are purchasing or close to 15 people that are going to be under contract at that proper project. Um, super exciting. A lot of people that are looking for investment properties, It's it, they're all investors. Well, I mean, the fact is, and I've said this to a lot of people I've been talking about in the last four or five years, I haven't come across a property that is so investor friendly, not only from a numbers perspective and a location perspective, but the way the Canadian Western Properties Group 
puts it together. Sure. With, and the management with fee. the property manager involved and everything else. It is this defines turnkey. And I think that's what a lot of people are excited about. Absolutely. And Langford Tower, like as we mentioned last program, five percent population growth per annum. Uh we've got a one point five vacancy rate, household income of around eighty thousand dollars, which is actually higher than Victoria. And it's it's one of the fastest municipalities, uh growing municipalities in Canada and in Western Canada specifically. Yeah, I mean it's basically so, like they say it's the the Surrey, it's it's the Surrey of Victoria. Say? That's the what Surrey they say. of Victoria, right? In terms, <laughs> but two hundred dollars cheaper a square foot. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the only other thing I'd say, and we're gonna launch this always on the Wednesday, which is before September fifteenth when yep. we go live. Uh, and we uh, have been picking over that project pretty good so far. There's with still our there's access. still quite a few units left. So get in touch if you are interested. We have um, a list of what's remaining, and it is still before the public launch. Yeah, for sure. So get in touch. Uh, with that but maybe we should cut to our uh, talk with martin it's a good one absolutely enjoy okay so we're here with martin karch senior vice president and portfolio manager at karch wealth management group at canaccord genuity how you doing martin doing great how you guys doing fantastic yeah thanks for taking the time today martin always a pleasure so, Martin, maybe can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm a senior vice president at Canaccord uh, Genuity, as you mentioned, and a portfolio manager. We are wealth managers. So what it means that we build relationships and manage financial affairs for a group of families whose investment philosophy matches ours. Um, most of his families have one ultimate goal to enjoy their wealth and and have a peace of mind. And this is what we do. So we really do provide peace of mind. Fantastic. And you have a team that works for you, Martin? Yes, there's four of us. We operate, as I mentioned, with Canaccord Genuity under the name of Karch Wealth Management. And combined in our team, we have over 60 years of investment experience. Fantastic. So so the reason we, we asked you on today, Martin, is you do a lot with REITs. Um, and we've never talked about REITs as, as a research investment strategy here on the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. And it turns out REITs are just rounding a milestone here in Canada, 25 years since they've uh, been introduced into the Canadian market. Can you first tell us what a REIT is for our listeners and also kind of the backstory to why they exist? Well, thank you. It's a great question. And yes, it is great twi- timing, 25 years in Canada. Um 20 years longer than that in the United States. So REITs or Real uh, Estate Investment Trust are simply companies that own and finance uh, real estate and in different property sectors. Um, They have to meet certain requirements. They are usually listed on the stock exchange and they offer a number of benefits to investors. So further to your question about how they came into being in Canada, now, most of the, your listeners or yourself are too young to remember, but they came out of sort of uh, a crisis in early 90s where due to the uh, Toronto market crash in uh, condominium buildings or in condominiums in late 80s, financing and investment totally dried up in early 90s in Canada. Hence, reached to the rescue, uh, Canadian um, legislation followed, and first reads were 
listed on the stock exchange to provide what was needed at that time, some liquidity in the Canadian real estate market. Fantastic. And and so how can you just speak a little bit more uh, for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with REITs? Like what, what exactly, just the nuts and bolts of how they operate? They are, in my opinion, I call them, they are as real as it gets because they are real estate investment trusts. So there are companies that invest in portfolios of regular bricks and mortar buildings, and they um, allow individual investor to put money into any sector or any building with a fraction of the cost would, uh, you know, what it cost to buy a, even, you know, a condominium. What I don't know what it even starts here in Vancouver now, half a million dollars or sure. Yeah. So you know, with five thousand dollar investor, you can be owner of hundreds of condominiums across Canada or actually even Europe or United States. And and it's my understanding is so diversification is kind of a is a key element of it. Uh, barrier to entry, it seems, sounds like it's quite a bit easier with less money to get in and and still have your money in the system of kind of real estate and the potential appreciation, those types of things. I, yes, I think you are entirely correct here. They do have the benefits that individual uh, ownership of large pieces of real estate do not offer. You know, one of them, as you mentioned, there's initial investment can be quite small doesn't have to be in hundreds of thousands of dollars as we have right now in Vancouver. Also, they provide liquidity at the press of a button at no cost. You can buy and sell them. They provide efficient income and fairly high income. You know, there are some REITs that pay, you know, in excess of 8% per annum, which is hard to find in today's uh, real estate market. They offer geographical diversification. So you can own just like us in our fund, we own data centers in the United States and hotels in Holland and um, Amazon headquarters or Google headquarters in Germany and the Netherlands. And we are part owners of these great businesses or great buildings, actually, uh, in that uh, very easy manner. Um, So these are all the benefits that sometimes individual ownership of the building um, does not offer. And and just as a final point, and I'm just thinking as somebody who just had to look for tenants, there's kind of that hands-off uh, <laughs> investment uh, in regards to REITs that you don't have when you're, unless you have a property manager, but if you're managing your own properties here in Vancouver, you know, there's pipes bursting, there's tenants leaving. You just have to put the money up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you're praying to the converted, you know, even though I do own individual or brick and mortar, let's call it, uh, real estate. And, you know, every practically week I get phone calls, whether it's a leaking toilet or especially now during the hot days, a request for air conditioners. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, yes, we, uh, but I also own a large portfolio personally in my own fund in REITs and we call it being a stress-free landlord. Um, you know, one other benefit that I haven't mentioned, which might come as a surprise to your listeners, is contrary to popular belief, investing in REITs have been actually more profitable than buying even the hottest real estate in Canada, like West Vancouver or or West Side, West Side wow. minus, of course, the leverage. Right. That seems like the one kind of sticking point 
in the difference between REITs and and actually buying a piece of real estate, right, is that the leverage that we talk about a lot on the podcast doesn't exist. So when you're talking about 8% returns, it's 8% on the 5K you put in, not on putting a down payment of, say, you know, 10% and, and getting leverage of the, the full amount of that property. True, but you can finance them within without applying for a loan for up to 70% of the value within any full service or even discount brokerage. So in order to buy a million dollars of REITs, you actually have to put about $300,000 down. Now you probably running the risk of market fluctuations and so it's uh, you know you might run into the risk of sort of a margin call uh, so it's something we that we don't recommend to use full marginability of a read but probably 50 30 percent is something that is um probably plausible over long term we don't recommend borrowing to invest um but if one has to do it, that's sort of the only way to do it when you have additional income coming to you on a monthly basis to cover your borrowing cost, be you know a mortgage or just line of credit. So how does it work in terms of selecting the properties and the locations? Are you guys actually hands-on buying properties with the fund? Uh, excellent question, and I think a lot of people do ask me that question. What we really do, and the answer, short answer is no. So what we do, we actually look for management teams who operate individually, individually listed companies on the stock exchange, and they um, vary in different sectors. And also, we look at the management team, we look at properties they own, we meet with the management team, we look at the income, and we look also in the sectors that we believe is uh, uh, the future of you know the real estate real estate landscape being in North America, Europe, or you know or more specifically Vancouver. So you know, as one everybody can imagine, probably the hottest sector over the last ten years has been residential REITs, just like the residential real estate in Vancouver. And a little anecdote here for the, your listeners in terms of returns. I just recently did a presentation about the REITs and the returns. And it just happened that during the financial crisis, uh, I bought a new house. It was a good deal down in West Vancouver. And I paid uh, $1.5 million for a nice property with a view during sort of the financial crisis. And today, the property itself, just a lot, is probably doubled in value. So everybody would think, great return. Um, yet, when I calculated the returns of one of my core holdings, which happens to be Canadian apartment REIT, if I put the same amount of money into that holding back in 2009, that would be worth close to $8 million. So... Wow. So big difference. And even I was surprised how well it has performed. So, you know, two conclusions out of this is that both properties were undervalued. One probably even more. I guess the listed securities, as you know, have dropped some in some cases over 70% on the market. There was some drop in West Vancouver or Vancouver real estate, but it certainly wasn't in a 70% range. So the opportunities do exist right now, uh, even now in 
publicly listed real estate. Okay, so two things that kind of come out of that. One, can you speak a little bit more about the income that's generated from REITs? And then two, I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on on sectors moving forward. You mentioned residential real estate over the last 10 years. What kind of locations and sectors that you guys are really excited about? But maybe first about how the income generated is kind of distributed. It's, again, great question. So REITs or real estate investment trusts operate in a fairly straightforward manner. And that's an understandable business model because... You know, it's just buying a building and you collect rent, you find tenants, of course, collect rent. So by leasing and collecting rent, the company generates income and then that income needs to be paid to qualified as a uh, exchange listed real estate trust needs to be paid out to the investors. Because uh, the company also flows through depreciation, amortization on the building, in most cases that income is extremely tax efficient. It's not only high because it's uh, usually commercial buildings or industrial buildings with long-term leases to large companies like IKEA, FedEx, you know, the Bay or, you know, Canadian Post. Uh, but also they need to pay out all the distribution. So that distribution comes in sort of three forms. One is income, and it's usually part of the distribution. Big part is also what we call return of capital. So it is an income that you generate, but you don't pay any taxes until you sell the unit, and the rest is dividends. So on average, there is probably a 50% benefit of receiving income generated by the REIT than your own private investment portfolio, which, as your listeners probably know, it's all taxed as pure income. There's, you know, of course, you can deduct interest and depreciation in a similar manner, but what remains is pure income, which is taxed at the highest marginal tax rate. And the other part of the question? Yeah, was? yeah, right. The other part um, was, you know, we talked about what's performed really well over the last 10 years. I was kind of curious to see what you guys are excited about in terms of locations and also in terms of uh, of the types of real estate you're you're excited about moving forward again um, good question so uh, REITs operate in you know multiple sectors you know starting from what we already talked about residential buildings and then if you move down the ladder you look at light industrial you look at uh, um, hotel properties then you can look into properties um, that uh, own uh, retail locations uh, there are also some specialized REITs we own some that for example own buildings that house only servers and they service companies like Amazon Netflix Google Apple so they have not only they only not only own buildings but also servers that they rent out and that also classifies as a REIT. Um, so what has been sort of the hottest areas in Canadian REIT market? Um, as I mentioned before, number one I would say residential, and especially multi-residential in sort of core markets. So Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Halifax. Um, and then the next one, I would say, where we've seen also a lot of takeover activity were light industrial. So, uh, so you have very initial low investment per square foot, 
but you can lease them to companies that you know would as i say canada post or fedex or amazon they need you know all the e-commerce fulfillment centers so that's something that is not going away yeah, and that, that actually lines up. We've had commercial brokers on in the past who've right. talked about the rise of industrial real estate, especially in Vancouver right now, because the structure of businesses have changed, where you don't need to meet your customer at the business anymore. It needs to house maybe T-shirts that you sell online or a certain product that you're selling online. So you're seeing this this translate into the into the REITs as well, basically, from an investment perspective. Well, absolutely. And I think, again, let me reiterate that there's nothing different between publicly listed REITs and the trends that we are seeing than the trends you are seeing in sort of brick and mortar, very identical assets, just a little bit different structure. So yes, our, um, again, our top performing one has been in apartments. The next one, the other, the next one was actually a company that was taken over just recently uh, with a large premium to our shareholders, over 100% gain in four years. And a company was called Pure Industrial, and they were sort of a Canadian specialist in e-commerce fulfillment centers. So when IKEA was building new facility in um, in Ontario, they not only needed a large building, but they also needed sort of their e-commerce slash you know uh, mail order warehousing. So you know the company like uh, Pure Industrial will build it for them. Uh, then lease it for 20 years and and they you know and obviously that portfolio which was over three billion dollar portfolio across us and canada garnered a lot of interest from potential buyers that look at it as a long-term asset that they want to keep probably another 20 30 years so pension funds are very interested in high quality uh, real estate with long lifespan of usage so maybe shifting gear a little bit, I'm struck by kind of the the way that you kind of frame REITs as as, as real as it gets. Uh, we talk a lot about risk and reward on on uh, the podcast. What are the risks of REITs, and are they basically this exact same as you know buying real estate the way that uh, we talk about so much on this podcast? Um, there are two skepticisms that we always face when when we talk about real estate investment trust first one is people say what about risk uh, because you get this sort of the bad word stock exchange so everything related to stock exchange has sort of, you know in many real uh, real estate investor minds it has sort of negative connotations you know i've seen seen um, oh i've heard comments like well i just love my buildings but i am allergic to the stock market so um <laughs> sounds like me <laughs> fair enough and uh, and i think with a ca- in the case of the REIT, you can have a cake and eat it too you can have um you can own real estate you but and you will have probably much lower. In fact, it has been proven, you know, through sort of research that it's about 50% uh, only correlation to the stock market. So there is a risk because it's listed on the exchange. So it has this sort of daily volatility. But for us, it's a very small price to pay to have not only, as I mentioned, outperformance, liquidity, geographical diversification. 
so there are so that's sort of number one risk, <clears throat> and the second uh, skepticism I call it more not as a risk because I I don't call them risk I call them skepticisms um, is is about performance and I think already mentioned that that even in my own case publicly listed reads you know I can argue that even over the last 20 years not I can argue there's a lot of research done and and data to follow that they actually outperformed uh, even the hottest uh, real estate market so if you take the last 20 years in Vancouver uh, I think the return uh, for detached house have been about nine percent compounded return if you look at the REIT market it has been 11 percent and over 20 years it's actually millions of dollars of difference so short-term and long-term outperformance um, and again you know the risk is is that you have to live with something that fluctuates on a daily basis not as much as Netflix Amazon or Tesla recently uh, much less than that but there might be some slight uh, fluctuations the the flip side on that if you buy a house today or a condo you might wait a longer time to get your money back or make real returns so you better be prepared for holding it for 10 20 years so same thing applies to the REIT if you if you're a true investor i think you can sleep well and and, and strategically you know we always talk about timing the sell and and the long-term hold strategy in real estate presumably that's still the best bet if you're looking at REITs I, well absolutely that's sort of the only way to own any equity you have to own quality you have to own know what you own and you know the third thing is the best thing is to get paid uh, while you wait when it appreciates and this is actually everything that REIT is or this free characteristics are met in the REIT structure. So if you own it, just you would own a commercial real estate and close your eyes and wake up 20 years from now and you will notice that your money has gone two, three, four times because as they say, they don't make any land anymore, right? So <laughs> same, same thing applies. So Martin, so in terms of uh, Karch Wealth Management, what percentage of your investment holdings for your clients are in REITs? Because our clients are, um, majority of them are comfortable retired and they don't like large volatility in the markets, it is uh, over 30% of our holdings are in REITs or sort of related investment also in bonds and convertible bonds that are linked to real estate. So um, you have a lot of security by owning individual bonds and much higher rate than the GIC and the security is of course the physical real estate. One thing I have to add is that in Canada there is very strict legislation for leverage for the publicly listed. It's about 60%, meaning that you know if you buy a building you have to have 40% equity. So much stringer, uh, stringent regu regulations than you would have in right now we have some changes as you know from the beginning of the year but prior to that you could have bought a condo with only 10% down or 20% down and then investment properties there are much stringent um, regulations in Canada for leverage so I perceive it as an additional um, benefit or, um, or plus 
versus the public-private real estate, lower leverage. So, so moving uh, forward here, Martin, two questions that kind of come to mind. One is, you know, should people be working with with a fund manager when they're looking at REITs? And maybe if you could give some tips to our listeners on on what they should be looking for in in a good REIT. Not all your tricks, but uh, but just a couple. And uh, yes, so um, I think that same, you know, uh, I think there is a saying in real estate, what three things you look for in real estate is location, location, location. <laughs> and I think you should put that on the top of your uh, list. Now, the thing one, uh, when you look for it, one thing, of course, um, with the reads is they are geographically diversified. But as I said, there are some that focused on core or what we call A-class properties, both in, say, either uh, residential or or even office. And there were some um, smaller REITs that would invest in peripheral or, you know, small, small town Canada or U.S. So these uh, REITs, the ones that were sort of in periphery, have underperformed. The ones that did the best are the ones that in the most um, the, the fastest growing markets, you know, be it Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and and the major uh, centers in Europe. Um, the other thing that we look for, the other thing that one should look at when one invests in any company, there's a saying in, you know, there's free locations in, in real estate and in venture capital, there are three M's, which is management, management, management. So you have to look, if it's internalized management, and it's another very important point, you want to look in a read that has internalized management. Well, it means that the interest of the manager and the shareholders are totally aligned. Uh, so you have to look also at experience management, how committed they are. Do they have true believers? Do they have passion for their business? Do, and do they take a fee? Like, is there, you know how with um, ETFs now, everybody's talking about fees. Like, is that something for REITs as well that you, Absolutely. you look at? Yes, but that's why I talked about internalized management. So internalized management differ from a if you own a mutual fund when there is a fee, uh, you know, to manage stocks and the manager basically, you know, might have a salary, but there's also a, a certain charge of the uh, value of the assets. Same thing applies to REITs. If you have internalized management, you have managers who go out and get up every day not to work on their for only for their salary, but also ex- extra bonuses if they perform well, if they fund good deals. While outside management which, uh, is is you know has less incentives to perform well they will probably just acquire assets to grow their real estate investment portfolio so yes so you have to look there are it's a good question similarities there so which brings me to so the last thing or two things is that you have to look at quality of assets and i mentioned you know you own you can own 50 year old buildings or you can own brand new buildings that you know were just built for ikea so you know that you know brand new building will last you another 30 years if you buy a portfolio of buildings that are 50 or 60 years old your maintenance go up your lease rates are lower and you have to invest a lot of money uh, last but not least and maybe one of the top things is that unlike 
your private real estate that is usually fully valued, you know, the price is what it is, it's usually relative to what the neighbor sold their house, REITs tend to trade at a discount to the net asset value. So what it means is that if you have, you know, a, a building that say is is um, priced at million dollars, if you convert that price into the number of shares and the value, it can be at a discount to, uh, you know, by 10, sometimes 15. And in the financial crisis, they were trading up to 30% or more discount to their true intrinsic value. So we look into the valuations. And interesting fact, till 2007, 2008, the REITs were trading at a premium to what the intrinsic value were. And after 2008, we haven't we have not seen, on average, Canadian REITs trading at their premium. They've been trading at a discount. Why would they trade at a premium? For exactly that reason is that there is liquidity. But right now, and especially so over the last couple of years, we have seen a tremendous discount in certain names that trade at a discount to net asset value. So there are what you call arbitrage opportunities. Well, maybe we'll leave it there, Martin. But we do have this segment called the Five Wire, five quick questions about Vancouver. Can you stick around for that? Sure. Okay, so what is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? I would say it's still Kitsilano, even though I don't live there. Wow. Okay, so and you you work downtown. We know that. I've been to your office. Uh, Favorite bar or restaurant? All right. I would say right now it's actually in Railtown. It is Belgard Kitchen in the Settlement Building. Very okay, nice. that is somewhere I have not been. No, no, you've you been there? there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a popular place. Yeah. So, uh, where is the first place that you take someone from out of town? Two places. One is the Queen Queenie to look at the uh, Vancouver skyline from the. South Shore, and then up over to the North Shore to Grouse Mountain to show Vancouver skyline from the North Shore. Hey, you, you don't make them do the grouse grind, though, do you? Absolutely. Actually, there's... <laughs> <laughs> you and Chip Wilson <laughs> running everybody up the grouse grind. <laughs> you, are you a, are you, I know that you're an athlete. You're a, a skier, a cyclist, a mountaineer. Do you, do you do the grouse grind? And if so, what's your time? It's a trick question. I want to answer what's, but my best time uh, was 34 minutes. 34 minutes. Holy. Holy. Well, yours is a, uh, a let's hour. Let's not talk about mine. Hour. Let's not talk about mine. <laughs> All no, right. That, so, that was 12 years ago. 12 years ago? That's, I'm that's, sure you can still. That's impressive. So, so next question, downtown penthouse or Westside Mansion? I would go with a downtown penthouse. Wow. Selling the house in West Van. Well, actually, if you sell a house in West Bend right now, you cannot afford <laughs> <Yeah>. downtown <laughs> penthouse. No, nobody quite saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and last question, Martin. What has been something that you've bought in the last year of your life for under $500 that has, has absolutely changed your life? It could be a, um, an album, uh, a gadget. A That's book, sporting, a sporting good, anything. Well, the answer would surprise you. It's a electric lift for my TV that hides in the ceiling when I lay in bed in my sort of loft uh, 
bedroom. It's fairly stealth and fairly, and it was only $209 on Amazon, and well, there was some installation cost, but has changed my life because now I don't have to get out of bed to watch TV. So it actually, it, it descends from the ceiling? Yeah, it does, and it's pretty sweet. Well, this is uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a game changer for Matt. He's going to have that in every room in his house. Shaking a stud. Yeah, it's like a, a total uh, a 007 uh, yeah. <laughs> gadget. So, so, Martin, how can people find out more about you and about uh, the Karch team uh, in general and Karch Wealth Management Group? www.karchwealthmanagement.ca okay. and, and uh, we'll, we'll spell that out it's k-a-r-c-z yes c like charlie z like zebra wealth management k-a-r-c-z wealthmanagement.ca fantastic well thanks so much for your time and for coming into the podcast studio martin today and uh yeah i think our listeners are really going to enjoy that thank you guys always a pleasure So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Martin Karch from Karch Wealth Management. Matt really enjoyed that conversation with Martin. And, that was uh, good. It was good. It was. And uh, let me ask you, what was your biggest takeaway? Well, I don't even know if this uh, outro should be a one big takeaway. I think there's a couple. I prefer one, Matt, if you could just <laughs> give me your favorite. Well, here, how about this? I'll give you a quote here. And this is the, Martin's talk got me thinking about the age-old question, right? Sure. Uh, do you put... Sure. Don't put your, all your eggs in one basket, right? This okay. is about diversification. But I've always thought of a quote, and I know you know most people think of Warren Buffett here. I prefer to think of Andrew Carnegie from the Carnegie American Hall, in, from Carnegie Hall, the American <laughs> industrialist uh, from Carnegie Hall, who wrote, and this is from his talk, "The Road to Business Success." A talk to young men. It's Keep like, in mind, this was 1885. I think this today, feels like a Baden Powell thing. I think I think this would be now a talk to young people. Sure. Uh, he says the concerns which fail are those which have scattered their capital, which means that they have scattered their brains also. They have investments in this or that or the other here, there, and everywhere. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Is all wrong. I tell you, put all your eggs in one basket and then watch that basket. Look around you and take notice. Men who do that do not often fail. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna summarize that. Stick to what you know. That's right. Yeah, okay. but you know what? REITs offer a lot when it comes to diversification, and everybody's sure. portfolio should be somewhat diversified. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of real positive things to take away from that discussion, and I think REITs are are a very useful investment vehicle. Sure, they're uh, fantastic, and and if you have a lot of money and you want to diversify, I think REITs are a fantastic option. The one thing that we kind of talked about with Martin, I, I'm not sure if it actually made into it into the interview. Um, but we did talk about this idea of leverage and how it, how leverage is so important for real estate investors, right? Well, th- that's that's the thing about real estate that makes it so attractive, right? Sure. Is that you can put down 10, 15, 20% and you can see returns on a major asset. On a know? major asset. So if you put 50K down and you have a 500K asset that appreciates at 10%, 
It's happening on the 500,000, not right. on the 50K. And there's very few other investments that I can think of in which you can use that spread that uh, leverage to benefit. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that we should mention, because we talk about HELOCs on this uh, and refinancing in general on this on this program quite a bit. Yeah. But I mean, uh, we, you know, we've got uh, a lot of people that do the model. They go in, they, they renovate a place, they find a place that looks like a crime scene, they renovate the place, they basically add value to to the property um hopefully if we're in a rising market they've seen a little bit of a bump in the market as well and then they basically use their step mortgage or their what is the TD flex line whatever that home equity line of credit is and it allows them to pull equity out and invest in something else so you're using that leverage to make several investments right and you got to be careful with that there's obviously downfalls of of home well, equity if you lines become of over credits. leveraged right and it is and and there's also i mean at the end of the day if you're not using it correctly the bank always wins with home equity lines of credit <laughs> yeah but uh at, at the end of the day it's it's a really useful tool if you know how to use it and that's where the benefit of re- investing in tangible assets uh, comes in. So there's some interesting points on either side, but sure. I mean, the fact is, is everyone needs some diversification in a portfolio, and I think REITs are a very attractive option. They definitely are. And Matt, uh, before we cut for the day, we just want to really thank everybody for getting in touch, and uh, we've had great feedback about the website. We've also had some really, really interesting feedback about the direction of uh, our tools and everything else. So we've got some exciting stuff coming. We love to hear from you and we're super interested in learning from you how we can grow this place in a really useful way for you. And by this place, you mean the, the podcast. Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Yeah, yes. this place, man. Yeah, that's how we refer to this, it. Uh, this club that wouldn't have either of us as members. <laughs> But it's true, right? We're we're talking to people, asking them, you know, where they're struggling, what would be useful, sure. and we're getting some really interesting answers. So if we'd love to hear from you, is long and short. We would love to hear from you. Have we said it enough? So, <laughs> so go get in over touch. <laughs> and sign up at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, where you can also find research tools such as private client services. Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, you get listings 36 to 72 hours before the general public. You also get days on market. It's basically just realtor level information. It's free. All you got to do is sign up. We'll, We'll create an account for you and you get to basically work with the best resource out there. If you're not using private client services to search for real estate here in Vancouver, you are doing it wrong. You are absolutely doing it wrong. And what else do we We got? We also have that mobile app. This is for real estate searching on the go. Picture this, Matt. You are heading to Skookum and you look up and you see this building and it's got a massive tree on the deck. That actually happened. You did. This is is a true story. And I pointed the mobile app at it. Turns out it belongs to Father Misty. Father John Misty, you're oh, right. Father, sorry. I, he was I, fantastic. Not, was he, he, I, I was not entirely sold on Father John was Misty, it? but I am definitely sold on him now. Well, you are. Picture you, this, you a full white be, suit. You're, you seem to be growing out your beard. I'm, and my hair now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, great. Stay tuned for that. But anyways, you, you can point the app at any building and learn exactly what's in there in real time. And if there's a listing that you were curious in seeing, get in touch. Absolutely. Call me at 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Are you, Adam? Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And we have that nonpartisan line. Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Have a great week, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.
Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs> 